You are listening to the Six Figure Freelancer audio course brought to you by Antco from Fiverr. We interview top professionals who share their exact formulas for success in starting, growing, and maintaining a six-figure freelance career. And I'm your host, Juan Felipe Campos. Okay, freelance masterminds, remember, on every episode of the audio course, there's a giveaway of digital goods or resources from our partners that other people don't have access to. To get your audio course resources, subscribe to the audio course on iTunes and then visit and.co slash resources. Again, that's and.co slash resources to access your digital goods. Brennan Dunn is the founder of Double Your Freelancing and helps teach over 40,000 freelancers and agencies how to earn more money and work with better clients. He's also the co-founder of Write Message, a software company that helps bring on-site personalization to the masses. Let's hear more from him in this episode of the Six Figure Freelancer audio course. Brennan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you, Juan. Brennan, walk us a little bit through how you think about pricing our, your services as a freelancer. If I'm a freelancer, I don't know how to run my own business. Maybe I'm the best SEO person, the best designer, but I don't actually know the business aspect of it. How, do you, how would you get started with figuring out what my pricing should be? So the, the big realization for me, and this came back when I was scaling beyond myself to start an agency and start to hire employees and all that good stuff, was realizing that clients weren't paying me for design, they weren't paying me for code. They were paying for an outcome. They were paying for a better business than they had today. And the mistake that I made early on was just I focused so much on the technicals. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a good coder. I am being hired to write some code. I focused on what are you know what's this code gonna not look like, but how are we gonna write it? What what features are we gonna build, and so on? Sure. Instead of ever focusing on, you know, why is this business willing to pay? thousands or tens of thousands of dollars to somebody like me, I never even asked that question. I never thought through what was at stake business-wise, and I just focused on what I was doing. And the problem became I was commoditizing myself. I was, you know, how I couldn't argue if they said, hey, there's guys on Upwork.com who are $8 an hour who can also write code. Why should I pay you, you know, 15 times more? So my big thing, the kind of the big thing that kind of set my agency apart early on was this transition away from just being a technical provider to actually being, you know, really a, 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 a solution company, right? Like, I know it sounds enterprisey, but we would go in and actually figure out, like, what's at stake? Where's the business now? Why are they firing, like, their old website if they're getting a website redesigned from us? What's wrong with the old one? Not just technically what's wrong, but how is it failing their business? And what okay. needs to happen to make this new thing, not just a new design, but also you know, something that is actually going to make them more money than they're spending. Okay, perfect. So basically by deploying empathy and putting yourself in the shoes of the employer, you're able to figure out what it is that they need and maybe ask the right questions to understand what it is that they're buying. They're not buying someone that just clocks in and clocks out to write, to write code, and that is what they're getting at Upwork. So if you want to increase your prices, it's not just saying, I'm a better developer. It's saying, okay, let's take a step back. What are you trying to build, and why are you trying to build that? And then you know, being more of a consultant in that sense, and more of a, in your case, it was more of like an outsourced CTO that is helping them make the right decisions even, instead of helping them just delegate whatever decisions they already made and then just coding it and taking a step back and saying, I'm not responsible for whether or not this works. You're actually 
um, aligning yourself with their values, right? So that's like one Correct. of the main principles so that you ask the right questions, you price it accordingly. So it's really um, all about risk. I mean, it really, it boils okay. down to risk mitigation. It's about if you know what's at stake, you're more likely going to deliver a better product and therefore you're able to charge a premium for a better product. And, and that's really what it, you know, that everything boils down to that is reducing risk. There's a lot of risk in saying, I'm going to swing my coding hammer for you for, you know, 50 hours. That doesn't imply that anything actually beneficial is going to come out of that. You might technically deliver, but you might actually fail when it comes to delivering the wrong thing, right? So that was that was the big thing. I mean, that, that's really a lot of what I teach when it comes to figuring out what the problem is behind the project and quantifying the potential upside of a successful delivery. It all boils down to really risk mitigation and delivering a better product that demands a better price. Sure. Sure, and I'm sure, especially in your case as a coder, by asking the right questions and understanding where the business goals are for the project, then you can make a lot of these micro decisions that you would have otherwise, like at every crossroad, at every fork in the road, you may have taken a decision that was faster or just easier for you, but now by understanding where the project is going, where it's going to be a year from now, and what it's going to be used for, then you can make a lot more of the right decisions so when you deliver something, the client is ultimately happier with the end result than if you had just taken decisions in the selfish short term for what's in your best interest. So even that, there's value in that that you can easily mark up for. Absolutely, and you're you you you're able to get away from being just an order taker. So I, you know, when I okay. started, I thought the client had everything figured out; they knew what they wanted. And uh, you know, we started transitioning more into being really partners. And I know everyone says that, but I, I legitimately mean in the sense that. If the client wakes up and says, I have this great idea that I thought about last night, can we redo what you just did you know, over the last week and, and do this instead? The old, the old me would have said, sure, you know, I'm being paid by the hour or whatever. But really, one of the benefits of really working alongside your client first and figuring out where do they need to get to, and that's it. Like the, the code you write, the designs you do, everything else is a means to an end to getting there. So both you and the client really need to justify scope changes and, and justify, well, it, okay, so you want to do this instead of that. Tell me how that's going to get us you know, to the goal faster and more efficiently than we thought you know, we'd be getting there, right? So, I mean, just that kind of stuff is, is, for my own agency, for instance, it allowed us to have more creative freedom, which is what a lot of us want, um, and to be just treated better by clients because you're not just the you know the vendor they're delegating out saying right. you know jump this high for me instead they're they're uh, working alongside of you where you, you're the technical expert you've worked with a lot of people like them you've seen what works and doesn't work and they're the domain expert they know their business they know their industry and so on and you find a way to kind of work together to produce the right project uh, which is you know r- really key so Brennan let's let's Walk forward to the other steps of this process. Let's say listeners at home, they're saying, okay, I believe you. I absolutely need to be asking the right questions. I can see how this is hurting my positioning because maybe if I come back with an opinion, but I haven't been consistently interested in where the project as a whole is going, then I'm going to ask the wrong questions. I'm not going to look like I'm contextualized as opposed to you who look like an expert because you've partnered the whole way through and it's you and the client versus the problem as opposed to in my case, it's me and the client and this tug of war of how many hours and how much per hour and all of this. What like let's move on to the next phase. How do I actually then figure out how much to charge them? Are you doing it by the hour? Are you doing it in packages? Or are you bulking together value? Can you walk us through that? Yeah, so I can give you I haven't consulted in quite a few years. I've been running kind of different online businesses, but the last time I sold a consulting package, 
It was a $50,000 project to do email marketing and copywriting. And wow. the way that pricing came to be was I just looked at, you know, basically I looked at the business. I looked at their the current state of things. So how do they make money? What is their current volume and so on? And then what I did is I just applied, well, if we did this and you were able to fix this bottleneck and that bottleneck and so on, based on your data, based on your numbers, you know, we could project out to this sort of ROI within six months, you know, 12 months, two years right. out, three years out, and so on. And what I was able to do is I was able to anchor my costs against the upside. And the upside was not just some like, pulled a number out of thin air, it was something I worked alongside my future client and figuring out. So looking at their numbers, and the way I was able to get this data was telling them, I don't want to work with you unless I know there's gonna be an ROI. I respect right. you know you as a business owner and knowing that you're not you don't care about email copy being written. You only want it written if it's going to yield a return on investment. So <laughs> let's yeah. figure this out together. And then that way, when they got to my cost, it was previously anchored against an upside that was outweighing that cost. So they're not just seeing you know is fifty is forty eight thousand, which is what I quoted them. Is that too high? Is it too low? What's right. the going rate of somebody writing copy and stuff? That was never even a question. It was more focused on, here's where I want to get you to. Here's reliably how we'll get you there. And the you know my, my overhead, my cost is going to be this. So that way, it's, do you want to spend you know a dollar to get two back? And that's basically the argument that was being made. Instead of just saying, like, you know, here's a quote. Here's a bunch of line items about... 20 hours doing this, 30 hours doing that, and so on. How, how the sausage is made was completely left out of the equation. It was more of a focus on here's where we're going to get to. And, and yes, I did not, you know, I don't charge for the hour. I don't charge for time. And I obviously have like an internal estimate in terms of how long I think it'll take and so on. But there's plenty of padding in there that even if it's, you know, even if it was to take twice as long as I expected, it you know, it's not a huge deal for me. And on top of that, because I mandate with my clients that, look, we're, we're partners in this in the sense that I know how email marketing works. You know the, you know the financial services industry, which is what this client was in. I don't know your industry. You don't, you don't know what I do and so on. But we're going to make it so, you know, if you want to do something that's going to take considerably longer than anything we talked about early on, and I, I appreciate and understand that scope does change, especially as you start to play with things, get more data and so on, what you do might end up needing to change. However, we both need to really justify to each other if we're going to make changes, if we're going to do something different, why we're doing that. And this way, right. they didn't just have like a blank you know, check at an all-you-can-eat buffet to just do like whatever they want for $48,000. Instead, it was really both me and, and my client dictating what was going to be done and, and having a very clear end goal, not in terms of how much or how many hours or how much stuff, but more of a, when we meet this, you know, when we get here, that's, that's the completion of this project. And that's, I mean, that's been my attitude for what last eight, nine years. And it's, it's worked really well because it, it allows me to have more freedom. I'm obviously making more money because I'm not competing against the world. And, and I, I might, I don't even like the work I did, for instance, for that client, um, managing email marketing software, writing copy, doing a little stuff when it comes to looking at like their site, even writing a little JavaScript and so on to make things work. And I wasn't 
I wasn't selling copywriting. I wasn't selling this many words. I wasn't selling anything technical. I was selling an outcome. And, you know, internally, obviously, I knew what had to be done to make that happen. But I think that's the big difference. That's, that's the difference between when I first started and I thought, I'm a Ruby on Rails developer. What is the going rate of a Ruby on Rails developer? Um, you know, I, I kind of treated things like I would if I was getting a, you know, a job at a, at a company. And I, if I'm applying yeah. for a software development position, I'm going to tout my software development skills. Um, yep. Obviously, you still want to show people that you, you know what you're doing. Uh, case studies are a great way of doing that to show that, like, here's other people like you. Here's where they were. Here's where I got them to. Here's how. Here's a few bits on how we got them from here to there. Um, but the big thing is, I, I realized that when when you internalize that people are not paying you for code, they're not paying you for design, they're not paying you for words, they're paying you for a business outcome that they are hoping to achieve, and you sell that outcome and you sell a clear path from getting getting to that outcome, that shows the client that you, you get their business, you understand. That they just don't want to hire. They, they they don't they didn't wake up and said it wouldn't be great to spend twenty grand on design. No one no one no business owner thinks like that, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're thinking we want we have a problem that needs to be fixed. And if you can figure out what the problem is and help the client figure out how to fix it, that's what's going to set you apart from everyone else who's just saying I'm a freelance designer. I charge fifteen hour because that's what other people around me are charging. And, you know, it, it kind of becomes this race to the bottom. So this is a huge paradigm shift. I think a lot of freelancers, you know, when we jump into entrepreneurship, we think uh, this is what other, so like what we tend to do is this is what other people are charging for this kind of service. I'm either better or worse than the other portfolios that I'm seeing. And if I'm better, I will mark it up by 10, 20%, 30%. Yep. If I'm worse, I'll mark it down 10, 20, 30%. I'll take into account the country that I live in and the currency and the country of the clients that I'm looking to reach. So if they're in Europe or in the US, then I might increase the prices a little bit. And then that gives us the little magic formula at the end of I am worth 23, 50 an hour or whatever. And yep. Brandon, what you're, propo- what you're proposing is totally different. It's um, basically setting up a plan of action with the client to understand the upside of the project. So this project has an expected result of $500,000. My fees are 48K. Yeah. My fees. Exactly. It's not even yeah. this is how much time or anything like that. It's my fees to give you that result is Correct. 50K. And we just ran the numbers and I'm anchoring everything to that end result. Exactly. This is so so different than how many of us are pricing, and um, you know, for those of us listening, I hope that this is very very valuable. You, if you really understand the paradigm shift that Brendan is proposing, it can be tremendous for increasing your prices. So that's the strategy. Let's walk a little bit through the tactics, Brendan. Are, am I expecting to get paid for that research? Are we? Am I going to say something like, you know, my fees are typically between fifteen to thirty k, but let's get started with a two k commitment to come up with a one year, two year, three year plan? How does that work? Yeah, so I, I call it road mapping, and the idea is you pay, you basically sell a, a preliminary entry level product that is fixed scope, very defined, and typically the, the, the deliverable of that product is a report, which is really a proposal, right? So, what I encourage people to do is if you think about it, especially if you do something like custom software, where you're talking about multi month long engagements sometimes. It's not only financial risk, but there's a lot of risk in terms of the amount of time somebody will invest in working with you, the amount of opportunity they might be risking by going with you versus somebody else. And there's also risk of like, hey, the client's really eager to move forward, but you're fully booked for the next month. Um, what do you do? Do you just double up? Do you like hope maybe they'll wait? 
So what I like about road mapping is what I typically do with this, and I do it whether I'm selling email marketing or back when I was doing uh, software, is it's a either a few hour or even an all day session uh, pricing between anywhere from one to five thousand dollars. And the idea here is it's it converts somebody into a client, which is key. It creates that you know they're not they've now paid you their customer. Um, and what you're able to do is you're able to sell it as a consulting service where you're, you're going to go in, you're going to formally diagnose their, you know, their business, figure out all these different things that they can't really do easily outside of a client relationship because you're under NDA, you're under all these things where they can talk in the open, talk you know, numbers and so on. Um, and I'd use this as really a scoping session where we're looking at kind of the big picture, where do we want to get to, working with a client to come up with an, an initial prioritized list of what's going to happen. And then the for the deliverable, basically telling them, look, if there's anything that I need to maybe do a little additional research in that we talked about during our session, um, you know, I'll do that after after we meet. And this can be done remotely. It can be done in person. It doesn't really matter. Um, I like in person because you can do like, you know, three by five note cards and whiteboards and all that good stuff. But, you know, the, the deliverable is a report that basically sums up everything you discussed and is effectively a sales letter. So it's not just a list of itemized whatever. It's a sales letter saying, here's the problem, and this is what we talked about. Here's where you need to get to, the solution. This is what we talked about. Here are some different paths we could use to get there. I like offering different packages because it's better. I'd rather them say, do I want, do I want to spend A, you know, do I want to choose A or B versus do I want to hire or not hire? I want to give them you know, the option of, okay. of you know, that's, that's a big psychological trick because you know, if you, you want to basically, you want to show them, here's where you need to get to. Here's where you said you want to get to business-wise. Option A can get you halfway there. Option B will get you all the way there. Option C will get you even well beyond where you, you thought you could get to. You know, and they'll be priced accordingly, right? So by focusing on that, you give them the option of, do I want A, B, or C? And then you include the urgency, which is really the opportunity cost, which is how much are they losing by not moving forward doing this? So this is all really just recapping data points that you've captured through this paid road mapping. And the report is taking, you know, a proposal, you know, if it's a free proposal that you spent some time on, you send to a lead, they don't they don't treat it that that well versus if it's a report they paid for. I mean, this is this is you know, this is something they paid a lot of money to get. Right. And in that is basically the upsell, which is if you want me to now implement what you've done, you can, you know, I can do that. Or you can take this and, you know, shop around. And, and I can tell you firsthand that I've never had anyone basically shop around because there's still going to be a lot of risk. If let's say they, they work with you in that initial upfront road mapping, you get an idea of who they are, what business they have, where they need to get to and so on. There's going to be that risk if they say, well, I'm going to lose this person who has all this context and start shopping for maybe somebody else who is on paper capable of doing some of this stuff. But then there's that whole risk of like, well, are they really going to know what needs to get done? Are they going to act the way, in this case, Brennan acted? Are, are they going to have a process similar to the process right. he's listed out and kind of you know encapsulated in this report? Um, so, you know, if they, if they do want to, you know, maybe sit on it or look at somebody else or maybe hire somebody in house to do it. Cool. Whatever. At least I still got paid for that. 
at least it was still you know a meaningful transaction for both of us. But it's really the benefit is you're able to sell that whenever, even if you're fully booked. It doesn't it doesn't carry a lot of overhead and, and risk for the client because it's only a few thousand dollars. Um, I've seen some people charge like two hundred dollars for this, where it's a one hour Skype call. You know, the, the packaging, the format, it's really up to you. But the real thing here is that it allows them to have like a stepping stone into working with you versus right. doing something where it's all or nothing. And then you go into your like cave and write this big proposal, throw it over the wall. Are they going to accept it? Yes or no. It's just, you know, I, I like proposals to be more of a collaborative exercise versus it being this like, you know, kind of back and forth sort of thing. Totally, totally. So, oh my gosh, this is so much gold to dig through. I mean, basically, what you're talking about, Brennan, is using, um, you know, in sales, there's this concept of the monkey's paw, which mm-hmm. is, you know, those ginormous ships that we see. Like, how do you think those big ships get all the way to port? You know, they typically do rope them in, but each rope is like as thick as a person. They don't just throw that over. So, what they do is they actually have a roll of rope, just a small ball of it. And that has a very thin rope that is then tied to a very big, big, big rope that actually reels in the boat. And that little roll of rope gets thrown onto port and that's how they start pulling in the bigger rope. So it's a very small, thin piece of rope that actually brings in the bigger rope that eventually brings in the ship. And that's essentially what we want to do in sales, right? We yeah. have a high ticket service and many people say, well, I'm, I'm worried about increasing my prices because my prices are going to be so high that no one's going to want my business. What Brendan's proposing is they do want your business. You just have to lower the risk for them. And the way to do that is very simple. You, It's both in your interest and in the client's best interest because you're going to do research. You're going to do a scope of work for what the relationship is going to look like. You're going to get to know each other. You know, it's like, I can't work with you until I work with you. It's a small commitment on their end. It's a low risk on your end because you're getting paid for the work. You do the research, you do the analysis at a smaller buy-in. And once the client is convinced, and we have tons of strategies here for making sure that they don't just drop off at this point. First of all, they've already spent money on you. Second of all, they've already spent time on you. So that by itself is on your side. Third of all, what Brendan is suggesting here is, this is a hack too that you can do with kids, is basically eliminating the option of the yes or no, but you say, do you want to leave now or do you want to leave in 15 minutes? It's not, do you want to leave now or not? It's, do you want to leave now? So in this case, it's, do you want plan A, plan B, or plan C? It's not, do you want to work together or no? And that's a mistake many of us are making is this is the final proposal, take it or leave it. Brendan is actually saying, here's three different ways we can do it at three different speeds. The middle one meets your expectations. C actually exceeds them. And funny enough, you'll be surprised some clients might actually get on your more premium package if they even know that the option is there because money isn't always an issue. And um, and if money is an issue, then they can go at the lower tier service and then you still got paid for the research and now you send on the, the client. Okay, freelance masterminds, do not forget to pick up your digital resources from this episode. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes, and then once you've done that, visit and.co slash resources. Subscribe on iTunes, and then visit and.co slash resources to get your digital goods. See you on the next one. Brennan, this is amazing, amazing info. As you continue to grow and take your business forward, where's the best way for people to stay in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing? So I actually have, uh, if you go to freepricingcourse.com, I have, if you want to dive really deep into what we just talked about, uh, that's probably the best way that'll get you in communication with me and so on. Um, I'm also wfreelancing.com, which is a community of about 50,000 freelancers and small agencies where we talk, focus on the business behind your business. And if you want to say hi to me, uh, Twitter's also great. 
Uh, Brennan Dunn there, B-R-E-N-N-A-N-D-U-N-N. Perfect. And all of these links are going to be in the show notes. Brennan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you, Juan.